Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, guys. This is Bernice. Thank you so much for listening to Devoted. So today I'm going to be talking about um, what God is saying to me currently for leaders in the church. Um, this is a, a message that I was really praying to the Lord about. It's like, God, I don't know if you want me to release this right now, but he literally, like, I opened my Bible. I asked him for the, ref- the reference of the Bible verse that he wants me to use to talk about this. And literally, I open my Bible and I open it straight to that point. Like, I'm looking in numbers and then I'm like, Lord, where is it? Where, where, where is the, the passage that you want me to link to what you're saying? I flip a couple pages and literally, like, I find it right there. I was trying to go to Google to find it, but I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me find it immediately. And the Lord led me straight there. So I know this is something that the Lord is trying to say to his leaders in the church. So if you're a pastor, a leader in the church, somebody who oversees the church, a CEO of the church, um, an apostle, a pastor, uh, a, yeah, apostle pastors that are in the church that are supposed to lead the church, lead the sheep. You are a shepherd that God has entrusted you to basically manage the church. Um, this is for you, okay? Father, I just thank you for this moment. I thank you that you are so amazing and so caring and so merciful that you care about how your your church is and how your bride goes along father i thank you that you have set these men and women of god in charge of your church in charge of your tabernacle in charge of your bride jesus so i pray right now as i speak to your leaders as a prophet god i ask you to saturate the words that come out of my mouth, that you will speak. I I yield my ear gates, my eye gates to you, my senses to you, Father. The Lord Almighty, your words will come out of my mouth. In the name of Jesus, I dismantle everything that's not of you, God. I come against it with the blood of Jesus, and I pray for your kingdom to come, your your will to be done, and the hearts of your leaders will be changed, that there will be a boldness upon them, that there will be fear of the Lord that will even ignite, yes, and faith, there will be faith upon them to move as your vessels, to move as, as the shepherd that you have entrusted them. Yes, and, it, and, it, and even to move as the priest of that city that you've given them, God. And so I pray that upon them. And I even see some people, I see the Lord showing me someone on, in, on a throne holding a, like, a, uh, uh, like you know how kings hold this, it's like it's not a stick it's like this uh oh yes thank you holy spirit it's it's a rod it's a rod they're holding a rod so somebody on the on the throne holding a rod uh the bible says that his 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 um his rod and his staff will comfort me right so so the lord is saying that he's putting many of you in position he's giving you rod to be able to lead a shepherd, to, to be able to be a shepherd. And so I pray right now, the Lord, you will um, give them wisdom through this message, give them faith, uh, give them reassurance, and give them vision and plan, God. Even what I say will be the, 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 the beginning of a, a download, yes, the beginning of revelation to them that will, will come. 
You are a God that reveals things to kings. You did it for, for Pharaoh. Father, you do not hide yourself from kings. They, they sometimes hide themselves from you. You are a God that speaks. You send Daniel to help the king understand his dreams. So, Father, I pray now that, Lord, the things that you're going to say will, will even in the coming days will cause these, these leaders, these shepherds that you have positioned to have dreams from you, God, to have visions from you, to have a clarity of the word of God, that they will have a hunger to go into the word and, and, and search it, God, and know what it is that you want for their church, for your sheep, for the for their, their, their congregation in this in this season and in the coming season that you have approaching quickly for them, immediately for them. In the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. So right now, um, I just want to play this song and then we're going to come and go straight into it. I'm going to spend literally like 10 to 15 minutes on this. Okay, so we will be talking from Numbers, Numbers 27. Uh, and so I just want you to know uh, where we're coming from. If you want to get your Bibles and get uh, ready for what God is going to say to you. This is a prophetic word. Uh, this is something I've been holding for, I think I would say like two months now. Uh, and God is like, Renee, I want you to release it right now. So uh, let's listen to this song, and I hope you're edified by this song.
trust me to keep the beat through the night will dance oh yeah and have our own experience i know i'm safe in your hand we'll make noise to draw the curious show them yeah you're with us yeah used used by you oh can i be used used by you just an instrument yeah your instrument play me oh yours yours by your and whatever you want me to do i'm your instrument yeah oh i'm just your instrument play at me oh i'm your instrument So um, the message today. So I'm going to talk about a specific church. This is that this was the reason why I didn't want to talk about it. But then the Lord is like, I want you to talk about it because this is not just for this specific church that I took you to. But this is for other churches that are similar to this church. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to give any names or anything. I, I'm not that type of person. But anyway, I was at a specific church and um, I was there, you know, and I, whenever I go to a church, whenever I go somewhere, I don't reveal that, you know, I have a prophetic voice. I don't boast. I don't tell them things like that. I just, uh, I go and I, I, I let the Lord lead me. I let the Lord, you know, show me why I'm here. Sometimes he let me know why I'm there. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, over time, you know, God will give me dreams. He will give me visions, revelation. And I'll start to understand what he's trying to do in the church. I don't go and join the prayer ministry. I ask God where he wants me to join. And majority of the time where he wants me to join is a place that is either stagnant or about to step into the next season. And he wants me to help them go to the next season because they cannot take old wine into the next season and they cannot take new old wine skin into the next season. So those are the two things I've realized every time God leads me to a church. And so um, with this specific church, when I went, it's not, it's not an apostolic church. It's not a prophetic church, though the pastor is prophetic. Um, it's, it's not a church that welcomes prophecy and, you know, the supernatural. It's a very big church, but um, they, don't, they don't do things um, that are in the book of Acts. They don't do deliverance, healing. I mean, they do have like a, a deliverance, you know, um, I would say like a um, a program that help people if you if they have you know issues traumatic issues, uh, so that they can come out of that lifestyle. But it's in the congregation in the doing sermons, doing normal Sundays. They don't do supernatural things. It's more like a teaching church, and every church has its mandate, you know. But God wants to move churches from glory to glory, from victory to victory. And so this specific church I went to, I joined a ministry in the church and uh, God was using me to help them shift, to move to the next level in that, in that specific ministry. Over time, they realized that, oh my God, she's really anointed, you know. Um, and then I joined a couple different different ministries 
then um, over time, they realize, okay, wow, we don't we didn't know you were so anointed, and we wanna you know get to know God like how you know God in such a deep level. We like all the revelations that you have, and it's not me, it's the Lord, you know. Um, and then God was showing me that it was time for me to leave the church. It's a way that God shows me when it's time for me to leave a church, because though when I was there. I was planting a lot of seeds in prayer first and then in conversation with them, those that are in the ministry. And I was telling the, some of the you know, co-leaders, like, this is something that can help you know, this ministry. And I was giving them insight into it. And over time, they were taking it in you know, and actually implementing it. And I, I, I remember when I left and I, I went to visit, one of them said, wow, we didn't know how what, what an impact you were doing there until, like, when you left, we realized that, oh, my gosh, you really, like, helped us a lot. Um, and so when I was there, I, I, um, I prayed for people. I was part of the prayer team. And every church that I go to, for some reason, I don't go straight to be part of the prayer team, but for some reason, God moves me there. Like I, I, for, I find myself there. If either the leader says there's something about you, I think you should be in the prayer team, you know, or somebody says, you know, leads me there. Be like, Hey, you should come be on the prayer team. I always find myself in that, in that place, which is, you know, understandable because prayer is my, one of my grace that God has given me. And so, um, part of the prayer team, I'm praying and, um, I, I, I move in the prophetic. So I started to prophesy on people and, and pray. And um, over time, you know, they, they did not take me out of the prayer team, but one of the uh, leaders who I realized that was, um, was like on, on the other side of a different ministry was told me, hey, you cannot, this is not a church where we prophesy on people. We don't believe in that. We don't believe in prophesying. Um, but the same person wanted, wanted me to, um, you know, teach him how to pray, like how I prayed. He was being um, very um, two-sided, you know. It's like um, when, when one of the Pharisee leaders, um, Nicodemus, when one of the Pharisee leaders came to Jesus you know, at night, because he didn't want everybody to know that he wanted to know what Jesus knew, right? So, um, over time, the, the, that, that specific leader told me, had a meeting with me, and said, hey, you know, we don't prophesy on people here, we don't believe in prophecy, but God already showed me that it was time for me to leave, because they were not receiving what he wanted to do. You know, we are in an hour of revival. And many churches are stagnating the spirit of the, whole, the Holy Spirit from moving uh, that because they have a five, five, you know, five topic and a close. But God want to do something. You know, even in my current church, God is moving so heavily there. And I love it. You know, that's, God literally took me out and put me somewhere else that he knew that where I need to be, I need to be in a place where I can still grow, you know, and that doesn't mean that the place that I left, they're not growing. They are. But it, the, the quickness of growth that the Lord want to do is not there yet. Um, and so uh, I, I left, you know, I left the place. Uh, majority of people still wanted me to come. 
I left not because of you know what that leader said, and I believe that that leader did not even talk to other leaders about it. He was just it came out of a place of insecurity and jealousy. Okay, um, so I knew that I I already understood that when I was talking to him, but I left because the Lord wanted me to leave it, leave the place. And of course, some of the people wanted me to come back, and some of the leaders wanted me to come back. They they invited me to you know things that they do. But I knew that God didn't want me there. And so I'm in my new church. And then I go to the market to go and buy things. And, you know, if you're somebody who has a prophetic, a prophetic voice, when you go to the market, there's a different way that you prophesy to people than how you prophesy when you are at church. Because when you prophesy to people who are in the church, you use biblical references a lot. You know, you say God is about to download into your mind how he, he did with Solomon, that he will come into your dreams and talk to you and ask you, that you know, what do you want? And, and God want to give you the desires of your heart. And even the things that you don't say, as, as Solomon did not even say some of the things that God gave to him, God sees your heart and he wants to bless you with what even you have not spoken with your mouth. You know, so you do prophesy like that. But when you are in the marketplace, there's a different grace to it because you have to gauge the person's faith because prophecy has to be received for it to happen. Uh, people have to receive it and say, yes, I agree for that to happen. Um, and so you have to you know, discern the person's level of faith, level of knowing who God is. Of course, you give credit to God, but you, you go about it this way. For example, even for me this week, there was a girl that I met when I went to get a service done. And as I was there, and I'm trying to give you an example of what, what a uh, marketplace prophecy is like. Uh, because God does not want to scare people. He wants to, um, you know, uh, revive people, but he wants to do it in an evangelical um, and also a, a, way that, a way that they can swallow and receive it and understand it. God is not a God of, uh, God is not cryptic. Okay, he's very clear and, and he's direct. So I was at this specific place and when I got there, the little setup for kids uh, that they had, they had like crayons, table, carpet for little kids. Uh, the, the carpet was, was um, fumbled a little bit. And, with, you know, being somebody who's very neat, um, I saw it and I felt like I needed to go fix it. So I went and fixed it, and the lady was sitting there, and, you know, I was like, I, I'm sorry, I just needed to fix that. And she's like, it's okay. And we were just laughing, you know. And I asked her, do you have kids? And she said, no, she doesn't uh, have kids yet. And then God started to talk to me to tell her, you know, that she's going to have kids. So I said, you know, God is going to give you a child. God is going to bless you with a child. And then she said, I hope so, you know. And then she asked me if I had kids. And I'm like, well, I have to get married first. But, you know, when I get married, you know, I'll have kids. God will bless me with kids. So uh, God didn't talk to me until I fixed the carpet. And so when I, when I fixed the carpet and he, he started to talk to me about her, um, I didn't go up to her and be like, you know, start prophesying to her like how I would do it in the church. I did it in a way of conversation. Uh, she was still being prophesied to. God is going to give her a child because as she was leaving, I saw a vision of her holding a child, holding a child uh, on her leg. You know, I saw her with a, a girl and I saw her with a boy on her leg, a baby, a baby on her leg. So 
what what I'm trying to show you is that God is still speaking, but He's speaking differently in different uh, scenarios, in different places, in different environments. Okay, uh, I cannot go and prophesy to her like how I would do it in the church. Uh, because marketplace prophecy is different. It's, it, it's in a form of conversation. So why am I sharing this, how to prophesy to people in the marketplace? It's because when I left this specific church, God started to like send people to me whenever I went to a, a different place where I would go and shop, like this place, I would go and shop. I'm not going to say names of places that I, I prophesied at. Uh, but anyway, whenever I go to this specific shop, shop uh, God leads people to me, and I, I'll, I'll prophesy to them in a, in a form of conversation. And I'll be like, you know, God is going to send you that. They don't, they don't know the majority of the time that I'm prophesying to them. And they agree. They're like, oh, I hope so. Like, oh, I, I want to, yes. Um, and so I keep meeting these people. And I realize that over time, I'm like, these are the same people from this church that the Lord took me out of, that, that the the. One of the leaders told me that they don't allow prophecy in that church. Like literally, these people come from this church that, I, that, that told me that they don't allow prophecy. And I don't ask them. You know, when I go in the marketplace to shop, I don't go looking for people. I actually want to go in and leave very quickly. Uh, because I'm a feeler. I, I, I'm a discerner. I discern things. So I don't want to be there for a long time. But for some reason, God keeps leading these people to me. Uh, and so even this week, I met this boy, and he had this, like, curly hair. And his hair was so beautiful. He's mixed, and his hair was beautiful. When I, I saw him, I was like, oh, my gosh, what do you put in your hair? And he's like, well, he put shea butter and water. He put shea butter in his hair. And I'm like, wow, your hair is really beautiful. Like, you get people asking you this a lot, and women asking, what do you put in your hair? And he was laughing, and he's like, yeah. And after I, f- I finished talking to him, and I got some of my stuff from the aisle, the Lord told me, you know, about how um, he's trying to, like, give him a, um, uh, a, uh, a hair, uh, what do you call it? A hair um, model, like somebody who models for hair. Contract, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit, contract. So I looked at him and I said, hey, you know, are you, do you have, are you a model for hair? He's like, no. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I pray that God will, God will bring to you, uh, you know, a contract to have your hair modeled. It will be really great. And God, God will do it for you. And he said, okay. And, and then the Lord kept talking. And I said, so that you can go to school, you can have that money to, to go to school. And he's like, yeah, that would be great. And I'm like, okay, awesome. God will do it. Then I left. So sometimes I ask them, where do you go to church as, we, as we're talking? Because that's a, a good way for me to evangelize to them and talk to them, talk to them about Christ and, and um, uh, lead them to, to salvation. This has been happening to me a couple of times. One of them was a woman who had, um, who God told me she's a businesswoman. I asked her, are you a businesswoman? She's like, no. I'm like, well, you need to stop praying about it. And I asked her, what church does she go to? And the other person, you know, I asked them, what church do you go to? And they said that the church that God, that, that I was at, that they said, they don't welcome prophecy. They don't welcome prophetic message. 
They don't welcome that in their church. Uh, they don't prophesy on people. And so over time, you know, I didn't call the pastor. I didn't blast it on Facebook. I didn't, um, you know, um, email anybody. I just kept it in mind. And I was like, okay, Lord. The exact thing I was doing there that they, they told me they don't want there is what you're using me to do outside of the church because the church is not really a, a, a building, <laughs> you know. And I, I was, it was just a conversation between me and, the Lord, uh, me and the Lord. And I'm like, wow, God, exactly what they, what they were preventing me from doing, you are causing me to do it with the members outside of their church, outside of the four walls of the church. I mean, when I see them and I prophesy to them and I talk to them and I see what God is trying to do in their lives and they tell me they go to this specific church, I'm, this specific church I'm like, oh, wow, I used to go there. Uh, God moved me and, I, you know, the pastor is so funny. I don't, I don't ever say anything about what conversation we had. I don't ever do. I'm not that type of person at all. And they're like, you should, to- you should totally come back. You totally, you know, come visit. And then the Lord keep telling me to, you know, tell, tell them, you know, tell the specific people, I do serve. And they're like, no, I don't serve. I'm like, well, you need to, I see you in kids ministry. And, and the, the, the lady is like, oh my gosh, I do teach. I'm like, well, you should definitely connect to the kids ministry. So I don't, you know, talk negatively about the church. I don't ever do that with any church because... Um, for me personally, I let God handle his leaders because he knows how to do that better than anybody. And uh, I don't put my mouth on leaders because I've learned that from how David handled Saul, right? And also I don't put my mouth on a church in a bad way because I know that the church does not belong to the leader. It belongs to God. So, um, so this is a backstory to what God is trying to say to the leaders, you know, this is something that the Lord was trying to do in the specific church that God led me to. And that, you know, the church or the leaders not receiving, um, the church not receiving what God want to do does not make them a bad church. It just makes them a church that is maturing slowly. Okay? A church that is maturing slowly. God wants to calibrate them, cult, you know, cultivate them and accelerate them into where he wants to take them. But some churches, like some people, we take our time, we, we, we stride along, we're, we're fearful, we don't know, we just, you know, all, all type of emotions. But then God was talking to me today. He's like, Bernice, the church does not belong to the leaders. It belongs to me. I am the leader. Whenever a, a leader forgets that the church belongs to God, and they're just a manager of the church, what happens is that the congregation can be ready for the next move, but the leader is not ready because he or she thinks that he has to do it, that he has to move the, the church to the next level. And God was leading, I was asking God, okay, how do I tie this to the Bible? Because every prophetic word has to be tied to the Bible. And he led me to how, you know, um, Moses, you know, when God told Moses to, bring water out of the rock a certain way. Moses did it his way. God is very strategic in how, what, why he does what he does and why he wants to do how he wants to do something for the next season. Because Moses disobeyed, Moses was not able to see the promised land. Instead, Joshua was put in position. 
And that's what God is trying to tell many church leaders is that if you don't want to go along with what he wants to do, he'll find another way to get it done. Because the Israelites were ready for the promised land, but Moses was not ready for the promised land. The Israelites was, you know, yeah, they had their issues. There were times where they wanted to build their own idols, but God knew what they needed in what season. But Moses wanted to make things happen in a way that he wanted to make things happen. And if God cannot trust you in the, the road to promise, then he can't really take you there, you know? And so over time, every time I met somebody in the, in, in the marketplace, in that specific shop, and God is talking to me about the person, I'm like, I, you know, in my heart, I'm hoping they're not from that church. <laughs> not that I don't want to prophesy to people from that church. I'm just like, Lord, what are you saying? I didn't get that revelation after a couple times. And I'm like, okay, you were saying something to me that I was not getting the first couple people that I prophesied to from that church. Because, you know, when I go to the, when I went, when I go to the shop, I'm not looking to see who's going to the church. I don't know if they attend that church or not. You know, but for some reason, God always let the people from that church to me. And so I was like, okay. So what God is saying is, you know, um, Numbers 27, 12, it says, uh, Joshua, the next leader of Israel. Now the Lord said to Moses, go up into the Mount of Abarim and see the land which I have given to the children of Israel. And when you have seen it, you shall... Um, you also shall be gathered to your people, um, to your people, as Aaron your brother was gathered. For in the wilderness of Zin, during the strife of the congregation, you rebelled against my command to uh, hallow me at the waters before their eyes. These are the waters um, of Meribah at Kedesh in the wilderness of Zin. Then Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, who may, who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the spirit, and lay your hand on him. So uh, Joshua was anointed to be the next leader of Israel. I want to I key in in this. It says here in uh, verse 17, Who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. You can feed your sheep in the church, but if God wants to give them another thing for them to eat and you're not giving it to them, God will cause them to get it from somewhere else. Sometimes leaders lose sheep not because they're bad leaders, but because they don't want to move to the next season. They don't want to move to the next level. And so you're trying to feed them milk when they're actually supposed to eat meat. This is what God is trying to say to the leaders of the church in this season. That you need to really seek him in what he wants to do next. Because you don't want your sheep being led 
or being given what you could give them outside of your your four, four walls. Yes, God does um, bring other people to feed your sheep at your work, at the hospital, wherever. But because I was led to this church and God was trying to bring the prophetic to this church and the people, some of the leaders were not ready and did not want it. And God said, okay, Bernice, I'm going to move you out and take you to a place where, you know, you can grow prophetically as well as be able to be used prophetically there. And then for him to lead the same people from that specific church to me on a continuous, every single time I go to this store, I meet somebody from the church and I'm prophesying. After I prophesy on them, I ask them, what, what church do you go to? I don't ask them what church you go to before I prophesy on them because uh, prophecy is not contingent on if you go to church or not. It's, uh, it's contingent on what God wants to say to the people. And so I don't ask you, do you go to church before I prophesy to you? That's not right. And I don't ask you to go to church so that I can gauge how I can prophesy to you. No, because prophesying to somebody is led by the Holy Spirit. He will tell me how to prophesy, what to say, what, what not to say. So afterwards, I, I tell them God is going to do it. And I ask them what church to go to. So right now, you know, God is really speaking to the leaders and saying, if you don't know the vision for the church, if you don't know where God is trying to take the church, go on a fast and seek his face. He spoke to Nebuchadnezzar. He spoke to Pharaoh in dreams. He still speaks to the kings that he places in position, to the shepherds. Nebuchadnezzar was not really God-fearing. Pharaoh was not really God-fearing, but he still spoke to them. So how much so that you being a God-fearing man or God-fearing woman of God in charge of the church that he's placed on your hands to lead, how much more would he not speak to you? So go on a fast. Go on a three-day fast. It don't have to be long. And really ask him, Lord, what do you want to do? What am I not doing? What am I not allowing as a leader of this church? Because I would say that I was not the only prophet that probably was sent there. I really believe there were other prophets that were sent there. And the people, the, the people were ready, but the leader was not ready. Or the leaders were not ready. And it doesn't make the leader bad. You know, God is gracious. He, he gives his leaders grace. But this is not the only leader. These are other leaders in the world that God is talking to right now. That he wants to do something different. If you are a leader of a church and your church is still singing the same songs from years ago, um, preaching, you're preaching the same message, you're preaching the same way, you're, uh, you're, you're doing the same things that you did, uh, there is a, a shift that you've not gone into. There is a move that you've not gone into. Because honestly, every time I met people from the, the, this church, I'm like, God, the people are hungry for what you want to tell them prophetically. But it looks like the leaders are not ready. Either they're not in position to move prophetically or they don't know how to go about it. And so 
right now, as a leader, really seek the Lord. Because if you don't, he's going to go around you and do what he wants to do. He is. God, you know, he will, he will minister to your sheep a different way through somebody else. And then you realize, oh, why are my sheep leaving? Or why are my sheep not growing? Why are they stagnant? Why can we not shift into the next level of glory? Because you're not doing something that God is trying to tell you to do. You know, yes, yeah, sometimes sheep are disobedient. They do what they want to do and then there's no glory because God is not, not going to pour into a dirty cup, right? But um, this is the revelation that God was giving me um, this morning um, or this afternoon. He was, he was like, Bernice, it's like this. It's like when you are, a, when you are in an apartment, okay? You are paying for the apartment. You are you are given authority over the apartment. The uh, the the um the landlord is still the leader of the apartment. You you just the caretaker. You you have been given entrusted with this place to live. Yeah, you're paying for it. And many many leaders are paying with their with their you know their life with 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 their desires. You know, with your day-to-day life, with sometimes with sleep, you, there is a price to be a shepherd. Um, and so, he's God is like it's like you know when somebody rents a apartment, if if the landlord want to renovate, let's say the kitchen, the landlord will send a, a request and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to put in a new stove for you, an updated stove for you. The, the landlord will send, you know, emails after emails, you know, notice after notice. But if you don't respond, he's not going to move you out. You're still going to be in the, in, in the apartment. But one day you come into the apartment, your stove will not be there. And that might be the day that you need to cook a five-course meal because you're about to have a, a party for your child or, you know, a party. Or you're about to have a family reunion or something. And you don't have a stove. Why? Because he did not respond to the request and the emails that were sent by the landlord. And the landlord is God. What he wants to do and renovate in the church to help the people that live in the church or come to the church is up to him because he owns the church just as the landlord owns the buildings. And so you come and you see that the, the stove is not there anymore and you have to cook all this meal for all these people. Now you have to go take out your money and go and buy food outside to go, to go and complete your, your, um, your party because you did not obey. So now you have to do in a different way. And now you don't even have a stove that is upgraded that was way better than the stove that you're about to cook on because you didn't want to obey and set up a time that was perfect for the both of you, for the, uh, the landlord and for you, for them to come and remove the stove. And so now you're left without a stove and you cannot cook for your, for your congregation or you cannot cook for your sheep. So you, you cannot cook for the people, for the party. I hope you're getting a revelation. And finally, when the stove comes, it's in there. But you cannot really use it for what you wanted, you, you had to use it for. But you can only use it for yourself. So it's important that as a leader, 
even for me personally, in my ministry, there are many times where I just want to be like, you know what, I don't want to do this. <laughs> many times. And I, I know a lot of leaders are like, I don't, they don't want to do this. You know, there are many times God will tell me to, you know, say something to somebody. I might, I might not know who it is, but he wanted me to post something. Like, twice I have posted about sex toys for my women's ministry. I, you know, I posted, I was like, God was telling me post about sex toys. Tell them sex toys is not of him. He, you know, he does not, you know, celebrate that. And I was like, Lord, you want me to post what? He's like, Bernice, I'm the leader. I see all. I know all. Let me tell you to post this. So I posted it. I was like, hey, guys, anybody that's, anybody that's using sex toys, you need to stop now. Because sex toys are not from the Lord. Throw them away. God is going to send you a husband in his right time. You cultivate yourself in his presence. And then he, he led me to do purity message. Teach about purity. If I didn't obey... It's uncomfortable to talk about that for me personally. I'm like, oh, Lord, I want to talk about favor and, and talk about, you know, how, how to, uh, I don't know, like talk about things that are not so extreme, you know. But God is like, I want you to talk about that because that's what's going on in, you know, some, somebody on, on the team. He didn't tell me who it was. You know, I kind of discerned it, but I, I didn't say anybody's name. I just released it. And I convicted somebody. And if I didn't do it, he would find somebody else to speak to that person. And that person could have left my, my ministry and went to be with somebody else's ministry. And that's not a bad thing if somebody leaves my ministry. But I, I will not be feeding them what they, what they need. So, as a leader, it's important to go with what God wants to do for his church. We are coming into a season where people are, revival is already here. But, you know, the fire of revival is sparking. Some people are not letting it spark in your church. Some people are like, mm, I'm, re- I'm not ready to let it spark in a blaze in this place. There's a time coming where people are going to be at church for 3 a.m. worshiping, praying, intense ministry of encountering the lord where sermons will be shorter why because the presence of god is in there healing is happening deliverance is happening prayer is happening people are getting free and you might not even have to lay hands the glory of the lord the obedience that you have to be the one that says here who may go out before them and go in before them who may lead them out and bring them in that the congregation of the lord may not be like sheep with which have no shepherd. You may be the one to just be obedient to say, yes, I'll bring them in, I'll, I'll bring them out. I'll go before them. Oh, obedience to the Lord. So this is the short message that God wanted to release to his, uh, his leaders. He spoke to Pharaoh, he spoke to Nebuchadnezzar, and when Nebuchadnezzar didn't want to do what God was saying, guess what happened? He was in the wilderness until he finally came to himself. So God is sending Daniels into your congregation. God is sending them. And I, my prayer has been that the church will have discernment, that the leaders will have discernment. Um, of course, you don't just put somebody that just come there within a few, a few weeks like on your congregation or, or your leadership team. No, 
you cultivate yourself in the Lord and the Lord will point them out. But the Bible says that if a prophet is among you, he himself, God himself, will reveal him. So even for me, when I go to a church, I don't, I don't look for positions. The leaders would tell me, there's something about you. You are just, there's something about you. Can you, we want you on a team. I, I go as a little, I, I just, I don't say anything. I go and I just sit and I observe and I, at first I pray about it, what God is showing me. And even when I'm on the team, I don't really start prophesying or start, start saying things because I have to really, you know, you have to be, you have to be sensitive to know when to release something because some people are not ready to receive and some people don't know how to receive the prophetic. And so I, you know, I discern when to release it and when not to. And sometimes it might be the season to release it, but they're still not ready. And you have to obey God and release it still. Like, you know, they're not ready, but the congregation is ready. Because if, if the congregation wasn't ready, God would not be sending them to me to show me, to prove to me, like, hey, Bernice, you, I was right. They were ready, but the leaders were not ready. God will not be sending them to me. I don't go into this, you know, uh, shop looking for people from that church. God just kept leading them to me. And over time, I was like, wait a minute. Why do I keep meeting these people? God was like, hey, I'm trying to tell you this is what is happening. That the people are thirsty and hungry for deeper of him. But some of the leaders want to keep it how it is. God is saying, no, there's a shift that he wants to do. There's a shift that he wants to do. And so, Lord, I just thank you for this moment of revelation, this moment of exposure, this moment of correction, this moment of clarity, this moment of um, conviction. I, I ask that you would touch the hearts of these leaders that are listening um, but some of them will be bold and go to the leaders and minister to them in a way that they can receive what you want to say. And as these leaders go on a three-day fast, oh God, I just pray you will flood them with such revelation, with such insight and foresight, with such clarity, with such vision, God, that they will come out with decades and decades of plans and vision that you have for the church that you've given them as shepherds. That they will be indeed those that will go before the congregation and, and bring them in and, and bring them out. That, they, that the congregation will not be like those without a, without a shepherd, but they will be like those with the shepherd. Because that shepherd has been in your face. That shepherd has sat in your face. That shepherd has had a heart of, of the fear of God, of boldness before you, and doing the will of God. Doing what you want to do, not what they want to do. And I pray for the, the sheep that are under these shepherds, Lord, that they will encourage the shepherd to be able to move in the next season that you want them to go to. They will not be sheep that will be dormant or just sit around, but they will be encouraging sheep by how they serve, by how, how they, 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 uh, they, they agree and how they uh, involve themselves, Lord. 
and even how they speak, so that so that the so that the the shepherd will have revelation that it's time for them to receive this meat of the word. So I just pray that over them, and I pray that let this word, the seed, fall in good soil, that no birds of the air can come and take it from them, that the enemy will not come with plans and issues, but angels will help them, that your angels will help them, Lord, because every church you have assigned angels to them. Ah, the Lord says, use your angels. He has angels at the churches. Use them, pray for him to release and let the angels go before you because he has angels that guard the gates of prayer, guard the gates of um, worship, guard the gates of sermon, guard the gates of the next season. He has angels in his churches. Use them, the Lord says. Use them. Even angels that guard, guard uh, um, offering in, in, in different ministries within that church. He has angels. Use them to help you. So in these three days that you go on a fast, Lord, meet them as you met. Hmm. Show them the burning bush that is not consumed. The holy place. Show them, God, the ladder that has angels ascending and descending upon it. Show them, Father, in dreams, in visions. Visit them as you visit, visited Solomon. Visit them, God, through your prophets, through your apostles, through your pastors, through your word, Father. Through your word, visit them and help them, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have a beautiful day. And let the Lord use you as his instrument. Say yes to him. Remember, you are just a manager. He's the leader. God is the leader. And if you, if, if you cannot lead with, with him, then you cannot lead without him. You have to lead with him. He has to take the lead. Let him have the driver's seat. Because the church belongs to him anyway. It is his. He's entrusted us with it. He's entrusted you leaders with it. And we honor you leaders. We respect you. We honor you. And God honors you and respects you. But you don't want to be a Moses in chapter 27 of Numbers. You want to be in position and keep plowing and keep doing what he's called you to do because you are important. You are needed. You are very important to, to the well-being of the people there, each and every one of them, even those that gossip about you, even those that don't like you, even those that talk horrible about you, even those that don't pray for you. You're still need, needed there. Every church I go to, I pray for the leaders. That is my first thing. I pray for them. I don't go tell them I pray for them, but I pray for them. This is a very this was a very hard uh, message for me to give. I didn't want to. I think I think the reason why I wasn't getting the revelation was because I um I wasn't seeing it in that way. You know, I was like, oh, okay, I'm just prophesying on somebody from that church. I wasn't really like seeing it as in that way, and I I I never. 
I'm that kind of person. I didn't even talk about the name of the church. I didn't say the pastor's name. So it was very difficult for me to come and sit here and talk about this. But this is what God wants to say. And I'm obedient to it. And so I hope, I pray that God will bless you. He will favor you. He will give you clarity, understanding. He will give you boldness. He will give you tenacity. He will give you the strength that you need for the next season. He will give you the spirit of might that you need. Your errands. He will give you what you need. Your, 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 your Jonathan's that you need. He will give you your, your James, your John, and your Peters that you need. Because we know in the book of Mark that when the people were without faith, when they were speaking out of, out of doubt, Jesus said he was going to only let Peter, James, and John follow him to um, the little girl's uh, home to basically revive her. Mark 5, revive her from, from you know, death. Because he realized, and even when he got in there, everybody was crying, and you know they were even chastised him when he said, "The child is sleeping; he's she's not dead." What did he do? He put them out. He kept Peter there. He kept James in the room. He kept um, he put everybody out. He kept the father and the mother, right? He took them to where the girl was. So, and even he transformed. In, in, in front of Peter, James, and John. So I pray God will bring you your faith builders, those that will help you move in faith. Because sometimes it takes faith to be able to go to the next level in ministry. You know, if God is trying to take you from a, a church who just teach the Bible to a church, a church that is apostolic, uh, you need faith to move in that, to change the course. Because it changes the whole trajectory of the church some people might leave because they don't understand what god is doing some people might stay and that scares some pastors when god is trying to change the church it scares some pastors because they feel like they're going to lose sheep but guess what in the season that you were in that you had so many people and the shift happened there are other people that are hungry for what it is that you're going into that god is going to bring to you so if the shift happened, you have to let it happen. Because some people might fall off. But God will bring people who are hungry for, what it, for where he's taking you. And you don't need a lot of people to be victorious in the sight of God. Look at um, Gideon. God told him to release some people from his armies. And he still won the battle. Because it's not about how much you have. It's, a, it's, about, what, it's about your obedience to God. That will help you win against the enemy. That will help you sustain you to victory. So I hope that you make it to the promised land. And your promised land might be where God is trying to take the church. And I pray faith over you. That you will be faith-filled and in boldness like a lion. Because God is the Lion of Judah. Remember who you serve. He's a Lion of Judah. He is Jehovah Gabor, the God of war. He's a battle. He's a, he, he's a God of battle. So whatever it is that happens while you're shifting, there's going to be victory. Every church that shifts, somebody leaves or somebody stays. You either shift for people to 
for the new for new people to come in for new one skin to come in or new wine to come in or you don't shift and you lose people anyways so i just pray that the shift that god is trying to do in your ministry you will allow it because he's the one that's doing it and if you don't know what god is trying to do i hope you get the understand the understanding and the clarity when you go before him and you fast and you pray Thank you so much for listening to Devoted with Bernice today. God bless you.